0: The most fascinating thing to me was that I got to speak to, for example, SpaceX engineers. I got to speak to Harvard biologists. I mean, even Elon and and Zuckerberg were on at one point. Like Everybody was on this platform.
1: Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is somebody that I met in a very strange way. He is a tech and entertainment uh, entrepreneur, but the reason why I know him is because during the pandemic, when we were all desperate to travel and we couldn't go anywhere, many of us ended up in Clubhouse, and there was this one room in Clubhouse which I got hooked on Because it was called the International Airport Lounge, and we were all dying to go to an international airport lounge. And today I am speaking to the founder of that uh, clubhouse room, Klaus Derendorf. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys.
0: Good morning from Los Angeles, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, because um, you're a busy man and it's early in the morning where you are. But, um, I have been thinking about you so many times because so many times I have had guests on my podcast who I have met in the International airport lounge. What gave you the idea? How did this come about?
0: Yeah, thanks. it's it was a really fascinating and and wonderful social experiment, so to speak. Um, obviously the pandemic was so unexpected. you know, we are as humans, we are social beings, right we, of course, besides our immediate circle of friends and colleagues, we like to go out and meet people, engage with new people, go to conferences, events, and we travel. And, you know, this app Clubhouse was emerging in, in um, late 19 and then 2020. And I was, you know, invited. At, at that time, you had to be invited. So a friend of mine invited me and I checked it out. And I was listening to, you know, all kinds of audio discussions going on. And at the time, this was a new format, right? They called it social audio. Rather than you know tweeting or Instagramming or using Facebook, people could actually speak and converse about whatever subject they chose. And I thought it was great. Um, but as you probably remember, there were a lot of discussions, you know, um, about people selling products, you know, uh, services. There was a lot of. If I may say so, you know, shady hustles going on and people were pitching, people were pitching anything in the world you can think of. Now, on one hand, we had to be mindful of the fact that, you know, a lot of people did lose work in the pandemic and they probably had to come up with new ways to generate income, make a living. That's all fine. But I I kind of wanted to, I, I thought about who, you know, what kind of place would I like to go-to to to meet interesting people and an international airport lounge i thought was like the closest sort of concept that i could think of because when we travel you know we have a layover let's say in a major airport we walk into a lounge we sit down at the bar we meet random people from around the world most likely well-traveled professionals who are you know who have knowledge of the world geopolitically, who understand culture and humanity. And I thought that would be a great experiment. So I started this club. I called it the International Airport Lounge and people started coming. And next thing you know, we were building one of the most incredible communities on Clubhouse. It grew very quickly. And in the beginning, there was actually a period where this room was open, I think for five or six weeks nonstop because we had members coming in God from every con- yeah. from every every continent and every time zone and they would take over hosting and it was just absolutely fantastic and so a lot of us uh, were up around the clock in these rooms and you obviously were a big part of this because i remember you were always present when when cyprus woke up in the morning you were on and we i remember we had some fantastic conversations so thank you for your support of course
1: Oh my God, thank you for doing it because, you know, I I was a tour guide when I was young and I was a conference interpreter and I was traveling all the time. In 2019, I had left Cyprus 19 times and then suddenly we were hit by this, you know, we were locked up and it was going into that airport. I used to wake up in the morning and look, you know, I was looking forward to, to go to the airport lounge now in, in my pajamas. And what you were saying about airport lounges and that people, random people meet and talk, is true. But in today's world, people mostly look at their phones so they don't really in real life, they don't really talk so much together anymore because, you know, they're busy, they have their laptop or they look at their phone. But in our airport lounge, in the Clubhouse airport lounge, people were really exchanging and they were talking about themselves. And it was it was amazing.
0: Yes, true. And I think a couple of things that made it really special was we had two key rules. Number one was no pitching or selling of any product or service. And number two, no politics. Because those are obviously divisive topics. And so it became a safe space as well, right? For people who were sick of being pitched whatever product or service, they can come and they talk about where they travel to. We talked about I mean, some geopolitical issues, we spoke about what's happening in other countries. The most fascinating thing to me was that I got to speak to, for example, SpaceX engineers. I got to speak to Harvard biologists. I mean, even Elon and, and Zuckerberg were on at one point. Like, everybody was on this platform. And these are people that as much as we, try, if even if we traveled nonstop, we would probably not meet them in real life. And that that reach I think was absolutely incredible.
1: It was indeed. And I just want to mention here that um there people start or later on people started meeting in person. And I just very recently had a conference here in Cyprus for the Global Women Club Cyprus, and one of the ladies who I met in the, in the International Airport Lounge, Martina Kwan, traveled from Los Angeles to Cyprus for two days to attend my conference. And we had met in the airport lounge. I mean, this this is incredible. Now, Klaus, I want to come back to the airport lounge later, but I want to talk a little bit about, because you're an interesting person. You are not just the founder of the airport lounge because, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it, it was such an important thing, but it's, it doesn't exist. It only exists in in uh, in fiction, but you have created a lot of other stuff and your name sounds German. You are of German origin, aren't you?
0: Yes, I was uh, born in Germany. My whole family's from there, uh, from a city called Düsseldorf on the west side. We left Germany when I was very young. I was seven years old. My dad worked for a German uh, multinational company. And so when I was a kid, he, he got transferred to Mexico City. So we moved to Mexico. A few years after that, uh, we moved to Buenos Aires in Argentina. And I finished high school there. So my Spanish is probably better than my German at this point. And uh, then I moved to Los Angeles after high school. And uh, I was very passionate about music or since I was very young. And I got into music. Yes, as a kid, I played guitar, played in bands made some records and toured a little bit and then later on moved towards the uh, production side this was you know late 90s maybe around 2000 we were still selling records and was fortunate to have a very good run in the music industry also worked on the tv side produced some projects for you know the x factor's idols and and the voices of the world and then technology was really shaping our future no matter what professions we were in right so tech was leading the way and i got really fascinated with technologies and you know these young entrepreneurs you know at 18 years old coding and building software platforms and apps so i got um i sold my uh, music entity and uh got into technologies and helped build software companies advising them raising funds kind of like in the business development function. And so, yeah, that's been like the last 10 years of my life. And most recently this year, was fortunate to close a new venture. Sorry, close a deal, not close the company, but open a new <laughs> company, which will enter the Web3 space. It's also music related, but also really giving content creators a new platform into the Web3 space, which is absolutely fascinating. And so that's going to be uh, an exciting period coming up in 2023 and beyond.
1: Amazing. Um, when I go back, you were telling a lot of things now. I have to dig a little deeper. You were seven when you said, because I usually ask all my guests on Most Memorable Journeys, how old were you when you went on a plane for the first time? Do you remember that?
0: Uh must have been on a plane probably four or five i remember still living in germany and we went down to i believe it was valencia in spain on a holiday i do remember i actually took a picture of the pilots too i had a little camera i do remember that very well it was very exciting there's certain yeah. things just stay with you i guess
1: they do. And then you went to Mexico. Your family moved to Mexico at the age of seven. That must have been quite obviously a life changing, but maybe also a little shocking experience for a little boy of seven to suddenly leave the environment that uh, he was used to and arrive in a completely different country. How did you feel? Do you remember anything?
0: Absolutely. Oh, it was incredible. It was fantastic. Only because you grow so much you know, in a new culture, you learn how to adapt, you learn a new language. Keep in mind, the younger we are, the faster we learn, right? That's no secret. So, um, but I did go to German schools. My parents wanted me and my brother to go to German schools so we could, you know, go back to a German university if we so chose. I never did, but my brother did. He went back. But yeah, it was a bilingual school and, and also later on in Argentina as well. So, It was challenging because we had to, you know, take every exam in both in English and in Spanish, sorry, German and Spanish, right? So when I graduated later in Argentina, on the German school, it was called the Goethe Schule, you know, famous German writer. So I got the German high school diploma, which is called the Abitur. Mm -hmm. But I also got the Spanish Bachillerato, which is like the Spanish equivalent of a high school diploma. So every test we had to take in, in you know in German and in Spanish, literature and both. So it's fully bilingual and twice the work. And uh, but yeah, it was a fantastic experience. You know, me being the blonde kid, but really being a Latino at heart, it's it's kind of fun. I should be a secret agent really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe you should, but you know, this, it's so true because my kids grew up here in Cyprus and I was, for me, it was very important also that they spoke German. I spoke to them in Swiss German, but I wanted them to speak proper German and I sent them to German lessons and they did all their exams at the Goethe Institute. And uh, you know, whatever you have learned, children are sponges and they learn so easily and it's the best, the, the most uh, comfortable time to learn a language. I am sure that you looked back many times and are grateful that you were given this opportunity to literally you grew up trilingual
0: yes yeah very it's 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 a complete blessing not just for personal growth but even later in life business and communication you know we we communicate right we're human beings so and it's interesting and I'm sure you'll agree with me being multilingual yourself is that our personalities do change a little bit when we change languages, right? Like there's oh, certain yeah. ma- certain mannerisms and, and the even our body languages changes. It's like I, I feel like I'm slightly different in Spanish than I am in German or English. You know, it, it's fascinating. It's like having multiple different hard drives in our brains that we recall when needed.
1: <laughs> this is so very true. And Speaking a language also helps one understand the culture. And I think understanding the world has a lot to do with understanding and respecting other people's cultures and also eliminates racism because you start understanding people so much better when you speak their language. And when you start understanding even their, you know, a little bit of poetry sometimes or the way like here in cyprus the 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 stories the the hospitality in cyprus all that is connected to language and the way people greet each other and wish each other and it's the same in every single country in the world
0: yes and it gives you you're absolutely right and gives you the tools and experience to navigate your way into newer cultures that you haven't been exposed to yet for example was it um Five years ago, I uh, went to China, I was negotiating subsidiary for a um, California software company and uh, got invited to China to meet with you know business leaders, executives, and government officials. And having to understand and learn about Chinese culture, which is so foreign to, to European or American cultures, you know, you really have to become the learner, the observer, we call it eq right emotional intelligence you have to understand what motivates people what you know what are their goals and ambitions and how do how do you negotiate something where people both get up from the table and they're happy and excited um, and that was a great experience i mean i didn't learn any mandarin chinese it was too i was only there for 2 weeks but it was a fantastic experience to actually be able to do business there Besides, it's a beautiful country. Anyone should go to China. Just leave the politics aside. I know it's complicated, but the country and the culture and history are absolutely fantastic. And so is the food.
1: Uh, And that is the same in so, so many other places in the world. It's Mm. politics and very often also religion that, uh, that put all these... All this stuff in people's minds—it's the media that that uh, you know that all all, the, all those stories that that circulate, which very often are not true—and and you know it's it's better to go and t- test it yourself, go yourself mm-hmm. and find out. And I think one thing that I have learned, and I am sure you agree with me, at the end of the day, despite all the cultures and all the languages, we are all the same people.
0: Absolutely. And going back briefly to the international airport lounge and clubhouse. One of the most fascinating conversations took place when we met people from countries that most of us have had not visited and actually asked them, you know, ask the ask that person, hey, how is your country? How do people live? How does it work? And not listen to the media and the press, you know, but talk to someone from Sri Lanka, from Saudi Arabia, from Laos, you name it, right? And just learn from them, and I remember there were several great people who were giving us like a 20-minute referendum on their nation, right? Their people, their culture, their history, their food. And it was so eye-opening and and that people had the time, obviously, because they were stuck at home, to tell us about their countries. And everything we see in the news just became insignificant, right? Because we, we learned from the people on the ground themselves. I thought that was absolutely fantastic.
1: That totally fascinated me. And people were just, people were proud. <laughs> people love to talk about their country. I have this thing about Cyprus. You know, I'm Swiss. I love Switzerland and I always will. But I this is my, Cyprus has become my home. And when people visit me here, <laughs> I take them to places. I want them to see it and I want them to like it because I like it too. And I think when you like a place, you want to show it around and you make you want to make it sound good. And, you know, show the good sides. And I think we should just leave leave all the politics up to the to the bad people because it, it, it really is. It's the people who should rule the world and not the politicians. And I think it's entirely up to us what we want to create. And that that is definitely what you had created in that airport lounge.
0: Thank you. And as I'm sure you know, many of us have met up in person. Actually, we started meeting here in L.A. Um, I don't know if you remember, Karen, Alex, Karima. I know these these names don't mean any, anything to your listeners right now, but there were people that were part of the lounge who were here in Los Angeles. And we actually did meetups during the pandemic where we had to sit outside with masks, but at least we were able to get together and, and meet in person. A lot of friendships were made. And over the last two years, many of us have met up in the States, in Europe. Uh, most recently, um, this past June, I was in Croatia and Tim... British banker who came over from Italy, he, he said he stopped by. Friends in Zurich had meetups, London. It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and most recently, also in Japan, if you remember Marika, she hosted a few meetups. So yes, these there, there were legitimate, valuable friendships made. Some of these relationships actually led to business transactions as well, which is really fantastic, because that shows you the level, level of trust that was created. And yeah, no, it was completely organic. It was a surprisingly successful social experiment. That's the best yeah, way I can describe it. I think
1: it. that's per- the perfect way of putting it. And I had serious FOMO because I was missing all this because I was sitting here in Cyprus and I saw you guys meet up in LA and I, you have an um, an Instagram uh, account for the International Airport Lounge and I used to see those pictures there and it's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Now, coming back a little bit to most memorable journeys and, and traveling in general, do you where do you like to travel to? Do you go to Germany regularly still or what is your favorite place to go on holidays to? Mm,
0: good question. I haven't been back to Germany much. I'm very grateful to have kept the passport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, my brother lives in Munich, uh, but we usually meet in Spain. Most of my family is actually based in Spain. It's also my second home. I have a rule, works really well for me. I want to see at least one new country every year, right? Um, it's challenging because it's over a hundred, and we don't get to live that long usually. So we have to really make an effort to see hopefully one or maybe two places every year. Needless to say, you know, we lost two years of that time frame doing because of the pandemic. So we have we have some catching up to do, but. Um, Generally, for us here from California, I mean, I I do love Europe. I want to spend my time in Europe. I love Spain, Portugal. I love the Mediterranean. Uh, Croatia this year was new for me. I had not been there. So I enjoyed that trip. I was there in late June, early July. I flew to Split and drove north and stayed near a town called Trogir, an old Roman sort of small island fortress. Really nice. Went down to. Checked out Split, which was nice, but little, pretty touristy. But you have all these islands off the coast with little villages on it, so everything happens by boat. It was a beautiful country, lovely people, and uh, very affordable. Really, I mean, I'm you know quite cheap, but I think that's going to change because I believe the euro comes in that next year. Or so. But Croatia was a very nice surprise.
1: When I worked as a translator for the police, I visited all those countries uh, on the Balkans. Montenegro is beautiful. Bosnia is very beautiful. And Albania is definitely an up and coming country. And uh, my daughter just traveled recently. She drove from Zurich to Greece through these countries. And I mean, it's just the south of Albania. Mm -hmm. She showed some pictures of beaches which look like the Caribbean. There is still mm-hmm. a lot to do, and you are right. That's a very, very good concept, to visit a new country every year. And I do know that there is one country that you also have to visit and you haven't been to, and that's Cyprus.
0: That is true. I have not been there. I need to make... I'm so embarrassed because I haven't been to Greece yet either. I right know it's really bad. But keep in mind, here's the thing, Elizabeth. Geographically, Europeans have such a privileged position because... You have, what, 10 to 12 countries in a two-hour flight radius in Europe, right? Us here in the States, the closest, you know, beach place would be Mexico. And I go to Mexico often. Costa Rica is beautiful, you know. But um, it takes more of an effort and at least a 12-hour flight to get to Europe or Asia. So it's a bit more of an effort, but I have to make the effort. I'm fortunate, sorry about that, to um, have seen most of Latin America. But yeah, I would love to see more of Asia as well. And uh, but yes, that's um, I'm gonna put Cyprus on the list and see. You know, obviously I have the perfect tour guide already. You do. So look, look forward. I'm sure. How's your food? Is it somewhere between Mediterranean, Turkish, Greek, Lebanese, or mix of all?
1: You know, this is one thing that I always say. And uh, if there if there was no politic or no and no religion all this area here syria lebanon egypt turkey cyprus greece it's the same it's the same food it's the same beautiful hospitality it's the same beautiful people friendly people who are interested in other people family orientated they want they they get together They have, I always say they have the same hair, you know, I always, I'm jealous. They have this nice thick curly hair. I used to pay a lot of money to have perms when I was young and they go to the hairdressers and straighten their hair. So, you know, it's really, it's beautiful. And, you know, you, but you were saying, okay, the United States, you have to travel far, but we also have to admit that the United States of America is a very, very beautiful country and you can travel forever forever without leaving the country. I used to be a tour guide in the U.S. as well, and I have been all over the place, and there is a lot to see there. So, you know, people who don't have a passport, they can still travel a lot.
0: That's very true. I mean, right here where we live in Los Angeles, Southern California, we have the beaches, the ocean, we have the desert, and we have mountains where you can go skiing. Like two hours from here is Big Bear or Whistler Sorry, not Whistler, that's Canada. What am I talking about? It's early, forgive me. I but, understand. Um, so, so in winter, we can ski. We have the ocean, the beaches. We have the deserts. And the United States, you know, we have Florida, which is the Caribbean. We have the Northwest and Northeast, which is, you know, green forests and lakes. Um, deserts in the middle, flatland. Absolutely. The U.S. has uh, a very diverse... I mean, it's a massive country, right? It's huge. So yes, a lot of diversity and good places to visit.
1: Absolutely. But as you say, like here, because Cyprus is very far down in in the Eastern Mediterranean, our flights from from here to Beirut are 20 minutes. And I actually visited Jordan for the first time last year. I had never... I don't know. It just never happened, and I, I totally fell in love with Jordan. I fell in love with Petra and Wadi Rum and Dead Sea. There is, and then from here to Cairo and uh, Tel Aviv, it's a, it's a forty minutes flight. It's an hour and a half to Athens. So if you come into this area, you have to visit several places. It's definitely worth it.
0: That sounds fantastic. I will love that. Um, that's one part of the uh, the uh, the world I have not been to yet. friends um, uh, from Israel. And I'd um, love to go there. Jordan, like I said, stunning. Lebanon, I think, it's beautiful as well. Look, anywhere you have olive trees and good olive oil, you're going to find good people.
1: That's true. Everything <laughs> tastes good when there is garlic and olive oil in it.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you, might not, if you start the pan with extra virgin olive oil and garlic, it doesn't matter what you put into it. It's going to be amazing.
1: Nothing can <laughs> go wrong after that. <laughs>
0: It's still yeah. one of the greatest smells on earth, right? It when you is, walk in, when, when, <laughs> so when you when I you walk, smell it. <laughs> when you walk in, when when you smell garlic and olive oil, you know you're in somebody's home. It feels yes, homey.
1: That's true. We are already getting to the end. This time flies when you're having fun. What's uh, what's happening in the future with Klaus Derendorf? Apart from what you said, what's coming in 23? What country are you going to visit? What's the new country that you're going to visit in 23? Do you know?
0: Well, I need to see how much time there will be for traveling. Like I said, we just started to fund this new company. Uh, we got venture funded. There's a lot of, you know, goals we have to achieve. But... I hope to see more of Asia. I've only been to Japan on a layover, which doesn't count. So I need to, I want to see Japan, Thailand. I've been to, I love to see Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, Malaysia. I think I just love the culture, the people, the food. So that part of the world I'm still lacking. I'm also during the pandemic. I call me crazy. I was watching so many documentaries about Nepal and the Himalayas. I'm not a rock climber, but I would love to at least see the Himalayas at one point. Maybe hike up to Everest base, base Camp one day. That's probably as far as I'll be able to go because I'm not a trained, you know, mountaineer. But yeah, we only have one lifetime on this planet. So we have to, I think, make an effort, you know, to see as many places as we can in person. You no know, budget allowing and, and whatever, you know, financial means we have available to do so and uh, I think India would be fascinating and one country I have not seen at all is the African continent and I think there's a lot to be discovered there as well
1: Yeah and there is of course Africa is very very different, North Africa with Tunisia and Um, Algeria Morocco is very beautiful and then of course there is South Africa which is absolutely gorgeous and then when you say that to somebody from Tanzania or from Kenya they will say hello you know we are there too there is a lot it's beautiful the world is a beautiful place I think we agree totally agree on that and The other thing that I wanted to say, I noticed I I am not in Clubhouse much anymore. I actually went recently just to have a look what's happening. But the International Airport Lounge is still going, isn't it?
0: Um, We haven't had a Clubhouse room in a long time, but uh, we do have a Discord group and we have the Instagram page. So those of us who remained in touch, we are still in touch as you are through Instagram. Um, We're probably going to do maybe a pre-holiday reunion maybe in december you know a lot of us kind of asked like hey we haven't we hadn't spoken in so long it would be nice to do a reunion room to get get the band back together so to speak you know it would be really fun
1: I think that would be a lot of fun and I would love to be told when this is going to happen because I would love to join and meet my old friends and it used to make me laugh because when one entity international airport launched there was always always somebody the moderator was, uh, was asking what would you like to drink and in my place it was like six o'clock in the morning and I used to think okay I'm gonna have a Manhattan while <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was <love laughs> having my tea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it's safe to say, you know, during the pandemic, I think our alcohol consumptions all went up, but it was temporary. It was just because you could, right? It was like, we're okay. stuck at home. Why not have a vodka martini for breakfast or Bloody Mary? Who cares?
1: <laughs> We're still alive and we're still going and we're talking here and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on most memorable journeys and uh, I really, really want to thank you for doing this, for taking the time and getting up early and speaking to me.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. It's great to, to reconnect and have a conversation and, you know, congratulations on all the great work that you do with your club and your community in Cyprus and beyond. And of course, you know, Feel free to share my socials if I can be of any help to any of your community members. Always happy to, uh, to reach out and connect.
1: If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.